So we'll be in Psalms 113 through 118 this morning, and, and don't worry, I'm not reading them all, because uh, uh, that'll be a lot, uh, but I'm going to touch on each one. Uh, those of you who were able to be present here last week uh, might recall that the definition of worship that I shared with you, I suggested that a definition of worship might be focusing on and responding to God. Uh, so it's a very simple definition, focusing on and responding to God. And I, I also pointed out that Jesus was our perfect example of one who focused on and responded to God. And I went through a short list suggesting ways in which Jesus, Jesus worshipped God. I mean, he went to the synagogue, he went to the temple, he kept all the feasts and he kept the fast Passover. Uh, he affirmed the value and authority of Scripture. He, of course, constantly prayed and, and seeking to do the Father's will. And then he perfectly upheld the law and commandments, uh, being obedient even to the point of death. So, um, now while that's a pretty extensive list, I left one thing out. Jesus sang. I don't know if you're aware of that. Jesus sang. As, as part of Jesus focusing on and worshiping God, Jesus sang. Both Matthew and Mark record the time when Jesus sang at the end of the Passover meal, uh, where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, which, which we'll be celebrating today. So I'm going to read the passage from Matthew 26, uh, starting in verse 26. And it's very familiar. Now, as they were eating... Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Uh, so, and they went out there to pray. And Luke's account is nearly identical. Uh, he says also, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So I was wondering, I know I was wondering, I was wondering if you were wondering, if you um, uh, were thinking, what was the hymn that they sang? And what was the significance of that hymn? that they sang. Well, there's a group of psalms which are called the Hallel Psalms. H-A-L-L-E-L -L -E -L is, is one spelling of it. The Hallel Psalms. Now, the Hebrew word Hallel means to praise. It means to praise, celebrate, glory, or, or even sing praise. And, and, of course, it's the source of the word Hallelujah. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, which is generally translated praise the Lord. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. So you have hallelu, which means praise, and you have yah, which is a shortened version of Yahweh. And you put the two together, and it, it's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And literally, it means let us praise the Lord. So when we, we say hallelujah or we sing hallelujah, it means uh, let us praise the Lord. So, so these Hallel Psalms are called that because of the frequent use of praise the Lord or, or hallelujah in these psalms. And, and while the hymns sung by Jesus and the disciples, they're not, they're not specifically named 
in the Gospels. Uh, most experts agree that the hymns were most likely Psalms 113 through 118. And, and I'd like you to open your Bibles there now because we're, we're going to be going through them uh, bit by bit. So Psalms 113 through 118. Now these particular psalms were called the Egyptian Hallel because, well, first of all, as I mentioned, the command to praise or, or Hallel is found throughout those psalms, but also because these psalms were part of the Jewish Passover liturgy, uh, which celebrated their escape from Egypt. So that, that's why they were called the Egyptian Hallel. So I'm going to go over these briefly. Now, Psalms 113 and 114 were sung at the beginning of the Passover uh, liturgy for them. And most likely it was sung by Jesus and his disciples during the Last Supper. And, and Psalm 113 is more like a call to worship, uh, where the theme is praising the greatness of God, and, and, and part of God's greatness is how he exalts the poor and, and the needy. Uh, you'll notice that Psalm 113 begins and ends with hallelujah, or, or praise the Lord. And, and the imagery, the imagery of, uh, from verses 7 and 8 uh, of God raising the poor from the dust and lifting the needy from the ash heap was especially powerful to the Jews in Jerusalem because the ash heap was a real place. It was a real place where the outcasts of the city, the unwanted poor, and the disease. I mean, that's where they gathered, in the ash heap. And the, the sun would warm the ashes during the day, and, and, and the ashes would keep the people warm at night. So you can see uh, a picture in this imagery uh, of a loving and gracious God sending Jesus Christ down uh, to be one of us and to die for us, who are also... You know, we belong in this ash heap, figuratively speaking. Uh, we're the poor, we're the needy. And, and of course, he died for us on the cross. And Philippians 2 speaks of Jesus uh, humbling himself and, and becoming like a bondservant uh, when, when he came to earth. And, and only Jesus can lift sinners out of this ash heap and, and make them heirs of God's kingdom. Amen? Uh, Psalm 114 uh, reflects upon the salvation God provided for his people from slavery in Egypt uh, to freedom in the promised land. And, and again, this serves as a picture of the way God uh, will ultimately rescue his people from slavery, of, from sin, uh, to freedom in Christ. And, and the psalm creatively shows God's mighty power over his creation in verses 3 and 4. If you notice in verses 3 and 4 where it says, the Red Sea looked and fled, and the Jordan River turned back or, or ran away, and, and Mount Sinai leaped and trembled. Well, why? It says, because of the presence of the Lord, the presence of the God of Jacob, it says. That's why the Red Sea looked and fled and, and Mount Sinai leaped and trembled. And then Psalm 115 urges God's people to trust and worship the Lord alone. Now the nations taunt Israel and they say, where is their God? But the people, God's people respond, our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Our Lord deserves glory. 
And the psalm notes that the gods of the nations, that they're made by human hands. They're made of earthly things. They can't speak. They can't hear. They can't smell. They can't walk. They can't feel. They aren't worthy of any worship at all, which is unlike the God of Israel, who is worthy of all glory and praise and worship. And, and this psalm tells us to keep looking for salvation in God. The last verse of the psalm reminds us that God's people will be privileged to praise Him for eternity. It says, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And then it ends, praise the Lord, or hallelujah. And Psalm 116 is a psalm of thanksgiving. Psalm, this psalm asks the question in verse 12, what shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits to me? Well, the answer is obedience and thanksgiving and trust. Because the Lord needs nothing and puts no price on His mercy and grace, the only acceptable response to the Lord would be thanksgiving, obedience, and trust. And in verse 13, the psalmist writes, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, lift up the cup of salvation means taking the Lord's salvation in your hand and drinking it and expecting more. Well, more of what? More of God's grace. And God has grace in abundance. And for Christians, the cup has, has come to refer to the salvation found in Jesus Christ, who, who reinterpreted the cup by identifying it with His sacrificial death and, and, and the new covenant that came with it as we read in, in Matthew 26 earlier. So you can just imagine Jesus and His disciples singing these words uh, and, and then Jesus fulfilling these words that very night as He raised the cup uh, the night of His crucifixion. And this psalm also closes with praise the Lord or hallelujah. And then Psalm 117 is both the shortest psalm in the Bible and the shortest paragraph in the whole Bible. But it's packed with meaning. But when the song was, was sung by Jesus and the disciples, uh, little did the disciples know that Jesus was the fulfillment and the personification of this song of deliverance. It says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Or, or again, hallelujah. So that in this psalm, you see God calling all the nations to salvation in Jesus. It's a short but powerful psalm built on a promise found throughout Scripture. And that promise begins in Genesis 12, where God calls a man named Abraham, and He tells Abraham that through him, uh, would come a seed uh, that will bless all the nations. And of course, that seed was Jesus Christ, or is Jesus Christ. And then finally, Psalm 118 closes uh, what, what is called the Egyptian Hallel. Psalm 118 praises God for His deliverance of Israel and Israel's leader, the king. Now, Israel was rejected uh, in the sight of its enemies, as was Israel's king. But Jesus is both the ultimate Israelite and the ultimate leader or the ultimate king 
of Israel. And so Jesus himself uses this psalm to illustrate that through the leadership of Israel, though the leadership of Israel has rejected him, in fact, he is the chief cornerstone uh, of the nation. Now, Jesus quoted this psalm uh, in verses 22. Uh, he, he quoted um, verses 22 and 23 at the end of the parable of the tenants. And we find that in Matthew chapter 21. He says at the end of that parable, have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in your eyes. Now Jesus is, is quoting Psalm 118 here, and of course he's speaking about himself. He says, therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, taken away from the Jews, and given to a people producing its fruits, which includes both Jews and Gentiles that trust in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus tells the Jewish leaders that the kingdom will be given to a people producing its fruits, Jesus is talking about the church, you know, made up of his disciples. And as I said, both Jew and Gentile are gathered from all the nations. And, and that's us. That's us, amen? You know, so that's us gathered here in remembrance, just like Jesus sent his disciples and just as he commanded. That's what we're doing today. And so, so Jesus sang. And he most likely sang this Hallel at, at Passover, singing hallelujah and remembering God's great deliverance. So when we gather as a church in honor of the Lord's table, uh, we remember that just as the Lord our God rescued His chosen people, the Jews, out of slavery in Egypt, and just as He continued to provide and protect them as he delivered them to the promised land, the Lord also rescued us by providing for us a Savior in Jesus Christ. Amen? And we remember the great sacrifice he paid on our behalf, reconciling us back to God, uh, those who would place their trust in him. And so let's, let's do that now. Let's, let's remember Jesus through the, through the, the Lord's table.